Hey lady and welcome. I want to congratulate you on taking the first step to creating the life you want and deserve through healing and transformation. I'm going to share real life tips that will empower you to heal, redefine who you are, achieve goals, and draw you closer to God. It's time to love on yourself, so let's life shift together. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to my channel for another episode of Life Shift with Patrice, and I am Patrice, so welcome or welcome back, okay? All right, so let's get into this. I wanted to talk to you guys about making peace with your past. I, all right, so when I was going over this topic and how to present this topic to you guys, I started welting up with tears and getting really emotional about it, and it's it's because it hits close to home, all right? And so I was trying to think of the best way to convey this message to you guys. And every time I was thinking about it or thinking about how to present it, it's, um, man, it, it there was no other way for me to present it to you guys but to really just paint a picture um, a little bit about um, my history with me um, fighting, with making peace with my past, my past that haunted me for so many years, okay? <clears throat> and I'm also, well, let me say this, I'm passionate about this topic also because I also know so many other people who has allowed their past to affect them and hinder them from progressing like in a really healthy way and just ha truly having a quality life and a quality view of themselves. So one of the things um, I realized after struggling with my past for so long was that me not making peace with my past, me not like closing a lot of those old chapters of my life and was was preventing me from seeing myself in a healthy way. It really hindered my self-esteem. I had low self-worth. I had so many limiting beliefs about myself. I was super insecure. I was embarrassed about my past, ashamed about it. I had guilt. I had regret. And it haunted me. And because of this, it it really stifled my growth. It stifled my growth emotionally, mentally, relationally with people because of my experiences and not making peace with my past, I didn't trust people. I didn't let people into my life very easily. And I was afraid of being shamed for my past being judged for it or having my past used against me. Now, those things still happened, but it just made me like super guarded um, because of some of those experiences that that I had happened to me and that, okay? But to really make this make sense to you guys, I have to go back a little bit, okay? So as many of you know that have been listening to me, I do not have a squeaky clean past, all right? I have lived a very promiscuous lifestyle. I 
I've been on drugs before. I've been to jail. I just made a, a lot of bad decisions. And those bad decisions led to more bad decisions and more painful experiences. But I wasn't one of those people that was just out there being foolish and dumb and just, you know, you know, not really, I just wasn't out there like while, while and out, so to speak, you know, just, just because, um, like, okay, I will say, you know how some people are just a party type, that's their nature, no judgment, but that's their nature. I wasn't out there being like that. Like there was a reason why I was making the choices I made and I ended up in the experiences that I had. Okay. So let me go back to this. So as I've mentioned before in some of my previous episodes is that I didn't come from an emotionally healthy upbringing. My parents got together through an arranged marriage and their backgrounds separate from the marriage was unhealthy. So my dad already you know, my dad came, my mom and dad both came into the marriage with pain and trauma and a lot of unhealed emotional wounds and insecurities and anger and bitterness, you know, all of that. All right. And so when they got together, that just created more pain and more emotional wounds and just more, just so much, many more experiences of pain. Okay. And so that's what I grew up seeing. So I didn't see two people together who loved each other. I didn't see people who had healthy communication with one another. I didn't see, uh, physical attention and affection. I just didn't see that. I grew up in a household that was really very cold. And I understand it now as an adult as to why that was the environment that was created. But nonetheless, it still impacted me in a very harmful and unhealthy way. Okay. And so whatever I didn't see or I didn't get at home, I yearned for it. I craved it. It's like I had to have it, okay? And that desire, that restless desire that I had in me at that time led me to make a lot of the choices that I made, okay? So um, I... To really paint a picture of just how painful my upbringing was, I'll just share one story with you guys. So um, in this episode, but, and that's why I said it was really hard for me and, and God is leading me to open up more because it is a healing for me and it's in my healing that I hope to heal some of you guys, okay? But one of the instances I remember is, I can't remember how old I was, but we were living in San Diego, California. I think I was probably six. And we stayed in these apartments. And I remember my dad had beat my mom. 
Um, I would say physically abused, but, you know, sometimes those technical terms just don't really uh, paint the picture like it should. He really did beat my mom, okay? Like he took his fist, he went into her, and she was helpless. And um, my... I remember going to bed that night and I woke up in the middle of the night thirsty and I went out to the kitchen and I saw my mom laid out on the floor and there were like empty bottles, empty pill bottles around her and she had drank a whole bottle of Jim Beam whiskey and that was my dad's preferred choice of alcohol. My dad was an alcoholic and um, and. I just remember screaming. <clears throat> and so I, when I screamed, it, of course, it panicked my brother, panicked my dad, and they woke up and they saw that. But I just remember my dad's reaction to seeing my mom. It wasn't a reaction of compassion. It was a reaction of aggravation, of like, oh, now I got to deal with this, Right. And so he called the police, the ambulance came, took her to the emergency room. And I remember my dad being on the phone and he was speaking to some of our family members and saying that they, you had to pump her stomach out. I don't even know if that's the right term for it, but um, that's what they were, you know, what they were doing. And thankfully she, she made it through that. But just hearing the tone in his voice, seeing his reaction, seeing how my mom was so hurt that she just wanted to take her own life, I these this is only one of the experiences that I saw, okay? But I grew up seeing so many. Um, traumatic experiences like that between my mom and dad that was very cold and nobody neither one of them took the time to to say why is she doing this or why is he doing that or you know how can I help her or how can I help him or how can we help each other how can we get together and recover from this there was no love there there was no love, there was no compassion, there was no empathy, there was no understanding. It was just very, very cold, okay? All right, so um, I just, as I got older, I yearned for something different. I, in my mind, because I always had a very imaginative mind, and I had created this place in my head, this imaginary place called my, I called it my safe place. And I had imaginary people in there. Um, sometimes I would draw out these people, write about these people. And I just created this very peaceful illusion, this world in my mind. And I just felt like there had to be something different. There had to be something better than what I was witnessing. So in me growing up and witnessing all of this, 
my parents checked out. They became very emotionally void. So they weren't really interested in my brother and I, and I understand it because they were consumed with their own pain. And there just wasn't a lot of conversation going on. There wasn't a lot of happy family moments. There just really wasn't. Now, did did we have happy experiences? We did, but it was rare and few. And a lot of the joyful experiences that I did have, I had with other people. I didn't have with my mom and dad. And so um, as I got older, the desire I had for different, the desire I had for love, for the opposite of what I was seeing at home became stronger and stronger. And I had told myself that I was going to find it. I was going to find whatever I thought it was that I needed or wanted to feel this desire. And because of that, it led to some very bad choices, very bad experiences, very hurtful experiences that caused me more emotional wounds, all right? Now, you know, um, I remember the first thing that it led me to because I yearn for love. Let me start by saying this. Because of the environment I grew up in, I was very, I, I, and I kind of think I am sometimes now, but at that time, I was very socially awkward, okay? And so when I would go to, to school and I would see these young girls, like they were all, you know, they had their little groups. They were all talking, all friends and, kick, you know, kiki and ha-ha. And, and some of them would, you know, talk about their family events, you know, what they did over the holidays or over certain breaks and things like that. And I was unable to relate with that because we didn't have that. Now my parents did take us to do stuff, but let me let me put it to you like this. When you can be in like one of the best places that you've always dreamed about being. Like say for instance, you've always wanted to go to Disneyland and Disneyland is amazing. It's a it's a fantasy world, right? But if you're with two people that have a very stale look on their face, there is no communication, and you feel like that they're just going through the motions and they're together just to simply, you know, raise you and get you out the house, you, you know, you can't enjoy those experiences. And I don't care what nobody says, children feel, children are very perceptive as to what is going on. They may not know how to explain it. They may not know what word to use for it, but they feel something. And so with me, and I've always felt this way. My dad did bring it to my attention when I was in my teens, but I I can remember being very, very young and very emotionally sensitive. Like I could look at somebody and I could feel energy and be like, oh, they're sad. 
oh, something happened or, you know, something's up with them. Like I could always feel that. Even now, if someone shares a very painful experience with me, I can feel that. And sometimes because I feel that so deeply, it almost feels like it's happening to me and I start to cry and all this stuff. But like I've I've just had a heightened emotional sensitivity. But I say all this to say like children know, children are aware. And I especially learned this through my daughter, you know, just watching her. She is very much um, aware of, of me and what I may be going through, you know, because she's brought stuff to my attention and I could tell through her response to me and her body language. Okay. So like I said, so how can you, how can you do and enjoy those type of experiences? Right. So anywho, um, so yeah, with me being emotionally, I mean, with me being socially awkward, I struggled making friends and I struggled my, my social awkwardness was due to how I was raised. Like I wasn't comfortable opening up to people because I didn't want to say something that would, um, you know, possibly cause my family some embarrassment, cause them some trouble, maybe have people looking at them in a bad light, or maybe even looking at me in a bad light. Like I was always protective of that. And, um, and also a big part of it was my voice was silenced. You know, I remember a few times I went to my parents expressing myself and I was shut down immediately because it was like, you're a child. What do you have to be stressed about or hurt about or saddened about? Like, get over it. You know, you're a child. And again, they were consumed with their own emotional pain. Okay. And so that was, that was a great part of me being socially awkward. But anywho, uh, I remember the first guy that gave me some attention and I was just like, oh yeah. I mean, I was giddy about it because I was thinking to myself, now I'm going to know what love is. Now I'm going to have someone make me feel love, give me attention, hear me out, all this stuff. But I, mm -mm -mm. after many of these lessons, okay, I learned that some men, not all men, some guys will tell you anything to get in your draws, okay? And that was, mm. but anywho, so I thought he was a nice guy. I thought he was genuinely interested in me. And he was, is what my mom calls uh, smooth talking. He was giving me a lot of smooth talking. And so I end up losing my virginity to him at 14 years old. And I end up skipping school, going back to his house. And we came back to school before uh, the bell rang for the end of school. And I just remember feeling so dirty. And so like, ugh, you know, that's the only way I could put it. And I don't, I didn't know 
what sex was supposed to be like or what sex was supposed to be like the first time, but I knew it well, I knew it wasn't supposed to be like that. And but it was done, okay? And so so then I had to deal with all of this this shame and then I had the guilt and then I had so much confusion because I was just like it was just weird to me, okay? And then after that it was like the guy just I was looked at as like a joke to him. And then here came another guy and then here came another guy and another guy. And I thought love came from a man. <laughs> and man, you guys, um, I thought that sex was a part of love. And I was years later going to find out that, you know, it was quite the opposite. But anywho, so I kept ending up in one hurtful, shameful, um, like yucky experience after the other. And then, um, as I got older, well, once I got grown, I dibbled into drugs and I was really looking for an outlet for all of the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment that I was holding in inside of me, okay? And I was just looking for something to to feel a lot of a lot of uh, to ease a lot of my pain. So yeah, I got off into that, and then in that I was in my early. 20s. And I, I would say I was, yeah, around, I had just probably a few months after I turned 21 and I met this guy and, um, he became my first real relationship. Oh my gosh. And we were together for two years and that two years, um, there were some really good experiences. He was a very nice guy nobody's perfect. He had his, his problems as well, but, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a lot of blame for this one because I, I wasn't healthy emotionally. I wasn't. And here he was doing his best to treat me well and, you know, show me love. But because I had been so hurt by all these guys, I just never, I just could never get myself to have a positive view of him and a positive view of this experience. Like I was waiting for things to mess up. And sometimes I would do stuff just to mess it up, you know, because I just, 
I just didn't understand how someone could truly love me, especially with the things I had done, the experiences I had, and in the shape I was in. But he really did try to look past my pain. He did. And I, I hurt him in, in it, and it, it just, it didn't end well. It didn't end well, um, you know, but it, 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 it was, it was definitely a learning experience, but yeah, so I wasn't emotionally healthy. I wasn't in a place to be in a relationship because of all this emotional baggage that I had. And then, um, I ended up in jail over a domestic and oh my gosh. So it, it was, I ended up spending three nights in jail. And then it was like, it was years of this. Okay. Years, years of this. It, it went on through all the way up into my thirties. Okay. All right. So in all this, like, I was just, I was burdened by my past. I was haunted by it. I was troubled by it. Um, and it didn't help that there were people that were throwing up my past to me. And those people were my parents and, and even certain acquaintances. But the the p people that affected me the most were my parents because they never took the time to hear my story. They never took the time to get to know and understand why I was going down this path, why I was making these decisions and, you know, what was behind it all. I know with my dad, he just... Well, both my parents, they just thought I was out there being fast. And I'm going to just say how my dad, my dad, my dad thought I was a hoe. He did, you know. Um, in the end, he made it right. And I spoke on that before. But <clears throat> I was tormented by how they saw me. And, I, and then I became angry and bitter and resentful because I was just like, why won't they just hear me? Like, they just think I'm out here just being some big time hoe and um reckless and I, I, you know, I'm irresponsible, but no, I, I'm not, you know, I'm hurt and I'm seeking attention and I'm seeking validation and I'm seeking comfort and I'm seeking love and understanding. And they just weren't seeing that. Mm. Okay. I already told you on the beginning, but, um, but yeah, so it just didn't make things better. But I'm going to tell you guys a wonderful revelation that I had, a breakthrough that I had. Um, it really doesn't matter how people see you. It really doesn't matter. What matters the most is how you see yourself. Um,
And when you do the work to see you, when you do the work to say, you know what? Yeah, this is my past. Yes, I've made these mistakes. Um, yeah, people are judging me. Yeah, they don't know my story. Mm-hmm, all that. But you know what? I know the truth behind my story. God knows the truth behind my story. I know my walk. I know my reason behind everything that I've done, all the mistakes I've made, all my pain, all my troubles. I know the truth behind all, all of that. And nobody has to know that, be okay with that, agree with that, accept that, understand it. Nobody has to know that but me. And when you get to that place, you can begin to recover from your past and heal and move forward and not be so tormented and haunted and burdened by your past. Because staying stuck on your past, staying in a state of guilt, of shame, of embarrassment, all I truly believe when you stay in certain painful emotional states, that emotional pain is going to manifest itself in aspects of your life and in areas of your personality, your traits, and your behavior. It's going to manifest itself. And that's how you end up in another painful experience and another painful experience and another painful experience. So I know for me, dwelling on my past and, and allowing my, my embarrassment and my shame and my guilt and my regrets with my past kept me in a state of emotional stagnation. So again, I, I wasn't able to have healthy relationships with people, even some friendships. I wasn't able to have a healthy relationship with myself because I didn't have a healthy view of myself. And I definitely didn't have a healthy relationship with my parents. Um, but the biggest thing for me was I did not have a healthy relationship with myself. I had a very low view of myself. And people who know me this, I don't know, it may come as a shock to them because I've always presented myself as put together. And, um, and it's because I would just, I would put my game face on, be strong. And I was scared to allow people in because I didn't want to be hurt any further. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to be looked at as like, mm, you did that. And when I tell you it is the most beautiful and freeing <clears throat> place to be when you can make peace with your past and let go of what people may think of you, say of you, all of that. When you can't, when you're like, whatever, you know, I could care less. If you're going to judge me, judge me. Just take that over there. 
you're going to criticize me, take that over there. If, you know, I'm, if I'm, I, I'm, I'm distasteful to your palate. Okay. Then go taste something else. I'm good with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep it pushing, keep it pushing, get that energy away from me and let me be at peace because everybody has a story. Nobody's life is squeaky clean. And what has always bothered me is how some of the most judgmental, self-righteous, critical people are the ones that have the most skeletons in their closet. That's always a trip to me. And they pass the most judgment. They and they show very little grace. And so I've learned from these experiences and God has taught me to give myself grace, the same grace that he extends to me and the same grace that he extends to you is to show yourself that grace. Because guess what? He doesn't keep count of your sins and your errors and your shortcomings and your faults. He doesn't throw it up to you. He doesn't harbor resentment against you. He doesn't hold it against you. He doesn't say, oh, well, I'm not going to bless you with this and, and be there for you in this or comfort you in this or support you in this because you did this. He doesn't do that. He gives us so much grace and it's through his grace that I was saved from the pain of my past that haunted me. And I, ex I, I didn't learn. He taught me how to extend that grace to myself. He taught me how to love myself and to see myself the way he sees me, the proper way I should see myself and not to give thought or concern as to how others see me. I could give two dead flies. Y'all hear me? Tap into how God sees you. Tap into his love for you, his view of you, his earnest, sincere, pure view of you. Okay. Because people will fail you every time because their sight is short. They're very, people, it's just not, you know, we're, we're just naturally short-sighted. We are because God, his view is not limited. He can see beyond what we can even imagine. But our view is not the same, you know, and but I think it's important to work on developing Christ like qualities, empathy, sympathy, compassion, care, mercy, grace, loving kindness. OK, it's important to develop those things because everybody has a story and not everybody out here, you know, being wild and and. Um, making bad decisions, you know, is just simply doing it, you know, because they're like, they want to live free and that's what they want to do. There are a lot of people that do the things they do because it's their hurt, because it's a cry for help, because their voice has been silenced. So now they're acting out because they're seeking understanding, compassion, a relatable ear, 
they're there because that's their way of letting all that pain out. That is their way. That is their outlet for it all. Okay. And so love yourself, love yourself and forgive yourself for your past mistakes. And just know that not even know I I my my hope for you is to make peace with the ideal with the truth the hard fact that there are some people that you really want to hear your side of the story that's not going to hear it that doesn't want to hear it And even if they did hear it, they probably wouldn't believe it, show you the compassion that you hope to get, the understanding that that, that the outcome possibly wouldn't be what you hoped it would be, you know? And so but you can get you can obtain so much peace in letting go of that. You can obtain so much peace in accepting, hey, yes, this is my past. Yes, I've made these mistakes, but that doesn't define who I am. Your past does not define who you are at present, and it's not going to define who you will be to come. Your Your past only played a role in shaping you or molding you into the person, partially into the person that you are now. But it didn't set it in stone because you can recover, you can heal, you can put in the work to move past it, to change And to better yourself, to become a better person, a better woman, a better mom, just better all around, okay? Your past truly does not define who you are. And... If you're somebody out there that has been haunted by your past, that has held on to shame and guilt and embarrassment by it all, I really encourage you, I hope that you would take this to heart and free yourself from the burden of your past. Free yourself from the hurt of it. Free yourself from the shame and the embarrassment and the guilt and the regrets. You know, be remorseful, but don't be regretful. Don't be regretful. What's done is done. And take all of that and have a powerful testimony to give to people and say, hey, yeah, I've been through this. I can relate with you in this. And this is how I overcame this. Um, 
and work on seeing yourself the way God sees you. You know, he says that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You know, I always think about that scripture when I like, you know, as I say it, because I, I mean, he calls us his children. He says we're his daughter. I mean, that hits close to home. You know what I'm saying? And so God has so much love, like pure love to give to you. And so, you know, seek out his love. Get into his word and get into how he sees you, how he views you to have that healthy view of yourself and make peace with your past. I really, that is my, man, that's my goal for this message today is for you to really make peace with your past. Yeah. All right, so I listed three ways that you can start to make peace with your past. And the first way is, and I love this, is know that the way others see you and how you see yourself is not the way God sees you. It's not. Um, Man, when you can free yourself from man, when I tell you that is the most powerful thing, one of the most powerful things you can do along with forgiving yourself, when you can free yourself from man and man's judgment and opinions and ideologies and all that, I'm telling you, you are a force to be reckoned with because then your only concern is How does God see you and how do you see you? And really, that's what matters. That's what's important because everybody don't know your story. Everybody don't know your challenges and and your struggles. They don't know it. So their judgment coming in onto you, it's like, like go somewhere with it. Okay, they don't know your walk. They don't. They don't know it. All right. Okay. so number two. Take advantage of God's grace and extend it to yourself. I know I already said this, but this is so important, y'all. Really take advantage of God's grace. That same grace that he extends to you and that he wants you to extend to others, how much more so does he want you to extend it to yourself? Show yourself grace. Forgive yourself. Let that stuff go. What's done is done. And to me... All it all it is now is an opportunity for you to learn from it, evolve from it, become a better person from it, and use it to serve others. There's so much power in a testimony, in a in a relatable testimony. I mean, yeah, when textbook stuff is cool, I love the textbook stuff. I'm always into it, but Um, it's like, for me, messages really touch me. The messages that really touch me from people are the ones that they have an actual experience to share because it's like, oh, okay, this ain't from the textbook. You really lived this and now you've overcame this. Let me listen up and hear what you have to say, you know? And so use it 
make peace with your past and use it, use your past as um, fuel, okay, to just be better, do better, and to be relatable to people, share with people, and give and give people understanding and serve others through it. How however, you know, you serve others, okay? All right, and the third way is keep looking ahead and honor the person you have become. <sighs> Listen, um This one was hard for me. We can be our worst and toughest critics. We can be so hard on ourselves and not give ourselves a good pat on the back, a good job well done, a good girl, you did that. Ooh, you've come a long way. Hey, you know, listen, honor the person that you have become through all of your trials, through all of your struggles, through all of your shortcomings, through all of your mistakes, through all of your challenges, through all of your pain, honor the person that you have become and that you are becoming. It is triumphant. It's victory. It's victory. You are a conqueror, okay? So give yourself some honor in that and feel good about you. You should feel good about you and that you keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. You know, yeah, each day is a new day, but each minute is a new minute. Keep looking forward, move ahead, move ahead, shake it off. If you start having some doubts and you start feeling some type of way about yourself or whatever, do what you got to do. Shake it off. Shake it off. It's a new minute. Move forward and honor yourself. Please honor yourself. Okay. All right. So that wraps this up. Um, I do want to mention a freebie that I have that will be linked in my bio. Um, if you are struggling with healing emotionally, it's a great freebie because it's, it's, it's actually tools. Okay. It's five tools in there that you can do that will help you in healing yourself and getting some clarity and some answers, um, in regards to your emotional wounds. Okay. So, um, it's free. It's there. And so please, please utilize it if you need it. That's what it's there for. Okay. Also, um, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to email me at, um, contact at patriceclay.com. It's also in my bio or DM me on one of my social accounts. It'll it's all in my bio. If you have a question, if you have something you'd like to share, and I would love to share it on my podcast episode, okay? And really include you 
in this journey with me because I'm in this journey with you. All right. Okay. So until next time, make it a great week and love on yourself.